and verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. We are very joyful about our children here at All Nations San Bernardino. We are working feverishly um, on the second floor to prepare to restart our kids' ministry. And we're excited about that. I know you parents are really excited about that. Um, but, but they are next week. Dr. Chiquette said next week, kids, Inc. is back. Um, but Lord Jesus, the saints is like, get these kids. They're y'all kids. I mean, amen. Um, so here at All Nations, we love our children. So the, the noise of their voice does not bother us. I don't want any parent to feel uncomfortable. If anybody looks at you strange, you come to me after church and report them to me because I surely got a word for them. Amen. It's not tongues either. All right. Um, we believe in family here at All Nations San Bernardino. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we're starting a brand new series today entitled Blank Page. Um, there's a word from the Lord that we want to swiftly release to you. I want you to get ready to take notes and to receive. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, God. I want to minister a word today entitled Day 1. Day 1. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. Um, uh, both uh, Jewish and Christian tradition makes it very clear that the author of Genesis is God's prophet Moses. Even though it isn't written inside of the scriptures that Moses is the author, many chapters within the Bible, also books of the Bible, are not written in that their authors are necessarily those authors. Uh, it's believed that Moses uh, wrote the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of uh, first five books of the Old Testament. Um, Genesis is described with a very clear understanding. Its theme is beginnings. Beginnings. It recounts the beginnings of the heavens and the earth and all created things. And it also shows God's covenant relationship with mankind. God loves mankind, and we see all throughout Genesis, even Genesis, we begin to see that God loves intimacy with mankind. That God doesn't just want you to know him as Lord, but it's clear in Genesis he wants you to know him as friend. I love that. Um, because oftentimes we have been taught to love God, to serve God, but what we've missed out in many times is the intimacy that's available with the God of heaven. It doesn't matter how bad I've been, how ugly I have acted, how stupid I have behaved. The God of heaven, look, he, he overlooks that foolishness and he says, I want to be your friend. Please look at somebody next to you and tell them God wants friendship with you. Yeah, he wants friendship with you. And, and even though all throughout Genesis we see that even Israel begins to act a fool, we begin to see all kinds of changes that develop in the midst of Genesis. One of the things that we see throughout the book of Genesis is the love of God. And God's love supersedes anything else that we would experience, any, uh, any other way that we would behave. God's love is established in our lives. 
I believe that today the beginning of this series is opened up as a prophetic word for each and every one of us, that every one of us have stepped into a beginning. Um, that there is some place that God is bringing you into that looks different than where you have been. And when I heard the Lord say that for many of us, he said that he wants you to understand that he's anointing you to press the reset button. That's for five of you. That he's anointing you that no matter what the journey has began, how the journey has began and what life looked like, there can be another beginning. That's good news for some of us, should be at least, because if we really begin to look over our lives and we begin to see how life has been, the things we have experienced, things under our own hand and from the hand of others, we ought to have enough joy and faith today to thank God for a new beginning. Hello. Because God says, hey, it doesn't matter how much doubt you walked in. It doesn't matter how much unbelief you walked in. It doesn't matter how much you struggle with the word over your life. God's saying, what I'm saying to you is that I'll anoint you to press that reset button. And when you press that reset button, I'll take you into places that you've only seen in your minds. As a matter of fact, he'll up that. He said, I'll do things that your eyes have not seen. And neither has it entered into your heart the things that he has designed for you. Somebody holler back, reset. Said, he said, tell my people that I will have them have a beginning. I love that scriptures, even in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, in the beginning. That one phrase is translated as one Hebrew word, berit. This is what it means. It means literally that everything came out of that moment. This is not the beginning of God. For many have studied Genesis and felt like, oh, look at God's beginning. No, listen to me. If you could trace God, you could be God. But the fact is, God has made a decision and his own wisdom to not reveal to you his origin. He's, this is not the beginning of God. This is the beginning of things that you have known in the earth realm and in the heavens. He says, in the beginning, God was there. This is not God's beginning. But that's the good news is that I'm getting ahead of myself. Now. But that in every beginning, God is present. Did you hear what I said to you? In every beginning, God is present. This is why that's important. Because in my notes, I almost put in every God-ordained beginning, God is present. He said, don't you dare write that. He said, tell my people what I said. And he said, what I said was that in every beginning, I am there. No, okay. So this is major because even in your stupid beginnings, even in the stuff God didn't ordain to start, y'all. See, some of you have felt like, and this is why you haven't walked in destiny, because you feel like if I start and it's not his will, he's going to leave me. But I heard the word of the Lord come this morning and said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God said, in whatever beginning you have, I am that God ordained or not, I am in the beginning. That, 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 that blesses me, Pastor Greg, because that means that now I don't have to navigate through life in fear. Because God is big enough to cover my mess ups 
and to cover up my mistakes as long as I'm pressing into following him. He's there. The Lord told me to break off of you for some of you have been in a spirit of finality because you feel like the dumb thing that you did or the mistake that you made along your journey has put you in a final place and as if you have now been out of connect with God. But God said, tell my children that whatever beginning they started, whatever beginning I started, whatever beginning somebody else started, I was there in every beginning. And if they'll just lean on me, they'll see my power displayed and I have the ability to turn things around again in the beginning God be seated please in the beginning God is the origin of all things he says not just God many turn but if you want to really understand those first few words of the scripture you got to go in deeper in the beginning Elohim why is that? Why, thank you, Pastor Julie. That's, why is that important? Why is that important? Because it is, it is, it is plural in the, in the Hebrew language. So God is not just expressing himself as Father God, but he's saying the fullness of the Godhead. I wish y'all would get this. The fullness of the Godhead was in this beginning and in your beginning. Did you hear what I just said to you? So not only am I getting God the Father, but in every beginning, even Jesus was there. I can prove it in Scripture. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made. There goes Jesus right there in the beginning. You thought Jesus. Jesus came through Mary. Jesus was already there in the beginning. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, Elohim. What I love about Elohim, it means Supreme one or mighty one, Pastor Jose. <laughs> it gives you a different perspective of God here. That he is the greatest that has ever existed. Now that's hard for you to really understand in a society of pluralism that gets to a place where you believe that there are many gods that matter. Now there are many gods in the nation called America, but they don't matter. There is only one God that is God. There is only one God, y'all don't want that. I said there is only one God that is God. Appreciate your Allah, yes I do, go ahead, bless you. Appreciate all of your belief systems, your heretics now. Appreciate all your stuff, your God. But there is only one God that is living and alive in the world today. He is the supreme God. And you've got to begin to walk with full faith. There's something wrong with believers in America. Because we will sit silent where Muslims will speak loudly. 
I have no hatred. I am a man of great tolerance. But listen to me, my tolerance doesn't mean that I have to now be silent about what I believe. I could have lunch with the Muslim and not hate them. I could have dinner with the Muslim and not hate them. Matter of fact, we can sit in a jacuzzi together. Appreciate you, sir. Let's hang out. But it doesn't matter that I have to be silent about my beliefs. Some of you have misunderstood what tolerance means. I am a man that sits at many tables where people have many different beliefs, but not one day will I put my beliefs system under a corner because of the fact that it might hurt your feelings. They're not worrying about hurting your feelings, taking a lunch break on their carpet. Don't you get upset now and start being quiet about the Supreme God. If you would begin to operate and believe in who Elohim is, then your belief system in Elohim will bring people out of Allah. Reason why many of us have not been as verbal, verbal uh, about vocal about our destiny and our, the God that we serve is because of the fact that we have not taken the time, here it is again, to study and to understand who Elohim is. But you've got to begin to crack open those scriptures. Say amen to me. You've got to begin to crack open those scriptures so that you can be able to defend the gospel. This is an hour now where you've got to understand it's not just about believing. Ah, it's some people that God is raising up in this hour to defend. You've got to be able to stand and say, I believe what I believe. It bothers me when preachers sit on CNN stages and are asked hard questions. And instead of answering the hard questions according to scripture, they skate around their belief system in order to make somebody comfortable. I didn't write it. It ain't my problem. All I can tell you is what the man said. I'm not going to try to hold back so that you can feel good about it. If you end up in something he said, that business is between you and him. But I am not about to be quiet about what he said. He is supreme. You're preaching, sir. Thank you, sir. And in every Genesis, God is present. Yeah, I just sensed in this room, whew, there is going to be such a mighty move of God in your life where you are about to experience such beginnings. And many of you have thought that you have been in beginnings. But the Lord told me to tell you prophetically, you've been faking a beginning. <laughs> you've been faking beginning. Let me tell you why. Because when you really... In a new beginning, not just, not just you saying it's a new beginning, but you begin to press into new language in a new beginning. You hear me? You begin to press into new actions in the beginning. And many of us have just stepped into saying that because it sounds religiously nice. And it sounds super spiritual. It's my new beginning. Hush your mouth. If it's a new beginning, you're going to regulate yourself. I need you to point yourself at your neighbor that look like they're sick of this preacher and tell them, regulate yourself. You've got to change everything about you. Hello? You cannot be in the same places talking about you got a new beginning. You you can't be in the same way talking about you have a new beginning. You can't go to the same with the same people talking about you have a new beginning. But it's time to press the reset button in your language, huh? I said it's time to press that the reset. Well, you gotta press the reset button in your language. You gotta change the way you speak. When you step into a new beginning, you don't allow yourself to say the same stuff. The enemy wants you to be tied into negativity. Talk back to me like I'm preaching good. He wants you to be tied into negativity. But I felt the God of heaven press the reset button.
cutting on your nasty tongue. For some of you, it's not that you're cussing. What it is is that you're speaking that it will not come to pass. It's not that you've been cussing and talking bad to people, but you've been speaking against the plan and the will of God for your life. But I feel an anointing coming into the room right now where God's about to reset your language. You are about to talk different than you ever talked before. Look at your neighbor say, change your word. seated please in the beginning God what I love about this and that it doesn't stop there in the beginning God created it is the Hebrew word bara and the Hebrew word bara is a word that is if nobody else is blessed she blessing she blessing me you hear me the rest of y'all can catch up later. There is a word that is used only of God. Bara is not used and related to any activity of mankind. The only place this Hebrew word is used is in relation to God. What I'm telling you that in this new beginning, you're not going to be able to take credit yourself. Nobody else around you is going to be able to take credit. I wish somebody say, Bada. The only person that's going to be able to get the credit for this is God. He said, the work I'm about to do in your beginning, as I begin to create a new moment and a new opportunity for you, it will not look like anything else around you. Nobody will be able to explain what it is that I did. Nobody will be able to trace how I did it. God said, what I'm about to do in your life, it will be me and only me. I wish somebody look at your neighbor and say, bada, bada, bada. Did it only like he can. In the beginning, God did it only like he can. Nobody else's work can compare to how he'll put it together. I was looking over my 2019, and I said, God, how did you do it? How did you put that there and that there and them there and that there and that there? And I can feel God whisper to my heart and say, son, I'm just doing what I do. I know God don't talk to you like that, but he talks to me in a language I can understand. Would you please look to your neighbor and say, he's just doing what he does. He's just doing what he does. I got to go. Bara. No man can get the credit out of this. Can I tell you that when people begin to help you through seasons and times, then they'll later on want everybody else to know what they helped you with. Y'all don't want this. When you're sitting in your blessing, they'll lean over to somebody and say, I gave them a thousand on that. They'll lean over to somebody and say, well, they wouldn't have been able to do that without my help. They'll lean over somebody and try to get the credit for it. But that's why God didn't let some of your connections last. Some of y'all, that relationship you were in, both of opposite sex and even friendships, he didn't let the relationship last because they were going to try to get the glory out of it. I asked God years ago when I was getting ready to start this church, 
I said, God, why won't you let me go through the denomination I came out of? God, why won't you let me start a beautiful culture church? God, I promise you, Lord, I'll serve you even as Bishop Sherman Dumas III. Second, I said, Father, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Father, I just won't go back to where I came from. I can't hit about it. And I just wanted to be in a comfortable place. But I heard the Lord speak loudly to me. And he said, Sherman, I'm not going to let you do it. Because that's going to come a day where I'll elevate you in the nations. And I won't let no man stand and say they did it. So I'm going to make you bear down and grit. I'm going to make you go through the process of having nothing. And starting with eight people and no money. And building something that's impacting the world. And all you'll be able to say is God did it. I said all I'll be able to say is God did it. Oh, God did it. Did no man open this up for me? Did no man make this happen for me? It wasn't a name. It wasn't even an A-N. It was God. In the beginning, God brara. Be seated, please. As you study the scripture, you see God creating. And he doesn't just create in one way. And it blessed me, Dr. Cassandra, as I studied scripture because two things happened. I saw God make something out of nothing and something out of something. Y'all don't read the Bible. As I begin to study the scripture, I begin to see God looked at the world. And listen, the Bible says that the earth was out, which was out form and void. If I had time, I would talk to you to, about what many theologians call the gap, the gap theory or the gap, the gap theology. That something happened between Genesis verse 1 and Genesis verse 2. That many believe that in between those two verses, that all of a sudden, even though Bible says in verse 1, in the beginning God created, but then all of a sudden in verse 2 it says the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. Well, if he created, why in the world is it without form and void? And why is darkness over the deep? And many believe that in between verse 1 and verse 2, that Satan was cast down like lightning from heaven. And so there became a moment now where God stood out and looked at what he created, and he said now listen to me what I did I did it wonderfully but now I have the opportunity to press the reset button why is that important because some of you feel like your life is between verse 1 and verse 2 you feel like there's something that happened that you can't explain you can't even trace exactly what happened some of y'all got somewhere in life and say I don't even know how I got here listen to me some theologians believe that that is not the truth others believe that it was just a sequential sequential situation but whatever it is, there's confusion between one and two. Let me say this to you. It doesn't matter what it's been like in between. It doesn't matter how crazy it was in between. Some of you looked at your money and said, I don't even know how it got like this. Some of you looked at your family and said, I don't even know what happened. Some of you looked at your job and said, I don't even understand. But God said, don't worry about what happened between one and two. Because I have the ability to send my spirit upon everything that is dark in that hour and the Bible said there go the Holy Ghost I see and the Bible says and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters it doesn't matter
matter how crazy it is, but God is there even in the destructive scene. Are you hearing me? Doesn't matter how bad you messed up, the Holy Ghost is right there with you. Be seated. He says, he says, I'll create, write this down, he'll create something out of nothing. So many of you saying, appreciate your holler, Mr. Preacher. Appreciate your scream. But the truth is, my life is a mess. You can sit here and fake it like that if you will. If you was to really evaluate, some of us are looking at our lives and saying, man, if you knew the full truth, this thing is jacked up. This thing is messed up. But God said I work best with a blank page. Uh, he, said, he said, don't you worry about having nothing there. Because I'll step on the scene and I'll work by it. I'll begin to create out of nothing. It doesn't matter that you don't have a house to live in. I want to help somebody. It doesn't matter you don't have a car to drive. The Lord told me it's three of you in the room that got a car to drive but no gas to put in it. It don't matter what kind of situation that you're in. God said, I'll step into that situation and I'll manifest by it. I'll begin to create something out of nothing. I don't care what your family told you. I don't care what your situation said. You have stepped into an encounter right now where God's about to reveal himself in the nothingness of your life he's about to reveal yourself in the craziness of your life he's about to reveal himself in the crazy stupid living of your life not only try to get out of it that he said that I'll build and create something out of nothing the Bible makes it clear to us that when he created man when he created Adam when he created Eve he created Adam out of the dirt of the ground, and he created Eve outside of Adam. He made a decision that not only can I make something out of nothing, but even the little something that you have in life. I'll begin to pull something out of it to be able to do something in you. But not only that, what I love about God is that over in Genesis 1 and verse 26, he begins to say, listen, I made man in my own image. Oh my. I'm about to take off. Some of you don't understand that because when you heard in the image of God, you think you look like him. Well, all of us look different in here. Amen. Some of us got wide noses. Y'all ain't said nothing. Flat behinds. Y'all ain't said nothing. Big toes, small toes. Some of us got all kinds of things about us. All of us can't look like God. Hello. It is not talking about your physicality. You can laugh. It's okay. He's not talking about your physicality, but he's talking about your essence, the spirit of you. You. The, the essence, the makeup of you is just like your Father God. And the reason why that's good news, Darylin, is because if God created, I might not be able to create just like he did. I can't exactly do better. But what I can do is I can create. He made me in the image and the likeness of him. And that's important because what did God do when he looked at the darkness and he looked at the voidness? All he said was let there be. I'm about to run. He said, let there be whatever wasn't before. All I got to do is open my mouth and say what it's going to be. That's your problem. You forgot your confession. You got to begin to say it just like God said it. You got to begin to say it loud and say it proud. I'm a believer. 
you nothing. You got to begin to say it like God said it. You got to begin to walk in purpose. And you got to walk in the plan of God. And say, I'm going to say it just like he says it. It might not look like it, but I'm going to say it just like he says it. It might not feel like it, but I'm going to say it just like he said it. It may not feel this the right way, but I'll say it just like he said it. I need you to hit your annoyed neighbor and say, open your mouth and say it. God created. And what did he do? He set up something powerful. Voice activation. Siri did not come up. Apple did not come up with the technology. Appreciate all of the wonderful things that everybody has created that's voice activated. But they got the intelligence and they got the wisdom right here in Genesis chapter 1. And the Bible says when God looked at everything around him, he did not just stay there. But he said, let there be. If you will begin to align your mouth with what God is saying for you to have. And you begin to change your levels. What's what God told me to tell you? You're about to see quick manifestation in your life. Only 10 of y'all had enough faith to praise God for that. But I believe that there's some people in the room that says, you know what, I appreciate this message in here today, but I need God to do something fast. Uh-huh, yeah. I appreciate everything you're saying, man of God, but I can't wait 10 years again. I can't wait five years again. I can't wait 20 years again. I heard the Lord tell me to tell you today, you're about to see quick manifestation. You're about to see things that are about to happen so swiftly, it's going to blow your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, it's coming quick. He said, I put my image inside of you. And I love Genesis 1 and 28. Put it up and I'm going home. Genesis 1 and 28. He begins to say this. After God created man, then God blessed him. Oh, I need you to see yourself in this. Because the enemy wants you to think you're cursed. The enemy wants you to think that your family line is cursed because of the family that you came from and how crazy your mama and your daddy was. Y'all quiet in here. You seem to feel like you are awfully cursed. Some of you feel like because the block you came from and your home situation that you are awfully cursed. But God told me to point your attention to Genesis 1 and 28 where the Bible says, listen, and then God, what's wrong with your mouth? I said, then God, God bless him. The blessing of the Lord is sure over your life. And I've been saying this everywhere I go. If God blesses you, no man can reverse it. If God blesses you, nobody can turn it around. If God blesses you, look at your neighbor and say, I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. Now listen. Listen, your blessing is not just financial blessings. Your blessings is not just in money. That's what you got to get. The blessing of the Lord creeps all down into your bloodline. The blessing of the Lord begins to touch your body and your mind. The blessing of the Lord begins to touch everything about your life. What the blessing of the Lord is, a curse cannot survive. What the blessing of the Lord is, a curse cannot survive. You got to walk up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror, Brittany Richardson, and say, I'm blessed. You got to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm 
I'm blessed. You got to look at your family member and say, I'm blessed. You got to look at your children and say, I'm blessed. Look at somebody tell them, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. When the blessing of the Lord is on you, you have no choice to do what the verse says. When the blessing of the Lord is upon you, didn't he tell Abraham he was blessed? And he began to tell Abraham the blessing that is on you is not just going to be on you, but it's going to be on your children's children. He said, hey, Mr. Abraham, look up to the sky. For as far as you see the stars, it will be as far as your descendants will be. God thought about you years ago when he was talking to Abraham. He saw Jaquette Monique Guyton Dumas standing in the year 2019 and right through the blessing of Abraham he calls for a blessing to descend upon this woman that's not just her story but it's yours too when God was talking to Abraham he saw you in September 2019 and he made a decision that no curse can survive around you no curse can survive over your head I erase the curse over your head and I decree over your life you're blessed you're blessed you're blessed you're blessed you're blessed you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. You're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. This is what the blessing does. The Bible says when the blessing of the Lord is upon you, you have no choice. But you've got to be fruitful. I'm just going to pause right there for a moment because I saw a spirit of barrenness when I was in prayer that tried to come over the people of God's life, wanted to keep you in a position where you were feeling like you could never create and never cause for anything to come to life. You felt like your education was barren. Talk back to me. You felt like your family was barren. Yes, you did. You felt like your dreams were barren. But I heard the spirit of God say that I've locked inside of your mouth seed on your tongue. Y'all didn't hear that. He said, I've locked seed on your tongue and he said in the midst of craziness Kim if you'll just begin to confess what he said he said I'll cause everything around you to be fruitful I love that I love it 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 because what I begin to see was trees oh my god trees for the eyes to see and not only did I see trees Alberta but I begin to see fruit coming off the trees not only did I see fruit coming off the tree but in the prophetic vision I saw the branches almost breaking because of the way of the fruit that was on the tree. I said, God, what are you showing me? He said, son, I'm showing you my children. Tell them I'm about to give them a branch breaking anointing that there's about to be so much fruit on their life that you will not be able to handle the level of fruit. I'm about to give you a blessing that you have not a room enough to receive. What is wrong with you? I said, he's about to give you a blessing. You have not room enough to receive. He said, my fruitfulness is coming upon you. When the devil tried to make you barren, when the devil tried to slow you down, you're about to become fruitful. There's another level coming on you. This is what I love. He said, I'm not only going to give you one tree. Because some of you have said, God, I'll be satisfied with one tree. And God said, you think it's too small in your life. He said, I won't just let you have one tree. 
but I'm releasing the anointing of multiplication. I received this prophetic word for myself that every time you see a blessing, remember the seed inside of every piece of fruit. Oh my. And so the Lord said, let you know real quick that whatever tree is your life that locked inside of the tree, locked inside of the fruit on the branches, there is seed locked inside of the fruit. And the Lord says, as I begin to move in your life, not only are you going to have one tree, I feel it, but the Lord said, what I'm about to do right now is I'm about to release multiple trees in your life. You're going to look up and see your life like a forest. Lisa, you're going to see your life flourishing like never before. You're about to see the hand of God move upon you. I don't got no hype for you. All I got is the prophetic word over your life. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Hold it. He says, not only are you supposed to be fruitful and multiply, he said, but fill the earth. I love this. Because it's already the commission. I know you think. I know you thought the Great Commission just came to the apostles. But I'm seeing the Great Commission all here in Genesis chapter 1. He said, not only do I want you to be fruitful and to multiply, but it's your job to fill the earth. Listen to me. Some of you thought it was your job to fill the church. But the God said, listen, your job is to fill the earth. You've got to go into sports and entertainment. Are y'all here? You've got to go into politics. Are you here? You've got to go into medicine. Are you here? And you've got to begin to take the glory of God into those realms. He said, Feel the earth, and this is what I love about it. He said, Subdue it with your punk self. And he said, I'm not sending you in, I'm not sending you in just to be there. We got a saying at all nations, and I gotta go. Sunday's off for church, but Monday's off for changing the world. Listen to me. God didn't just put you on that job just to be there. But the Lord said when you walk on that job, subdue it, doggone it. Subdue it. There is a takeover anointing being loosed on God's people. I know some of you feel like that in Christ. Like, well, You don't understand Christ. He sent you in as a kingdom ambassador to take over the property, to take over the land, to take over the business, to take over the opportunity. Look at your neighbor say, take over man he said he said subdue it and have dominion you won't understand dominion until you understand domain that every single one of us have been given a domain by God I'm not just another believer operating in the earth but there is a sphere of influence that he has set me over. I'm not just this and that. If you're not careful, people are trying to put you in the box. All they say is they'll look at me and say, oh, you're just a preacher. You got it messed up if you think that's the truth. I'm a businessman. I'm a philanthropist. I'm, a, I'm an advisor to politicians. I got stuff happening in a part of me that goes beyond this mic because I made a decision I will subdue. And not only would I subdue, I'm going to take every domain that God has called. This is what the Lord told me to tell you. I just want you to just start going like this, will you? He said, Pastor, what are we doing? You're stretching out to where God called you to go. What am I doing? I will not remain here anymore. I'm going to the left. I'm going to the right. I'm going to be who God called me to be. You ought to praise God for dominion. 
You ought to praise God for dominion. God says, I like a blank page. He said, I like a blank page. He said, I like a blank page. He said, you don't have to worry about having it together. Come to me just as you are, and I'll make it what I want it to be. Listen. Day, day one. Tell you like the young people say. God said, I'm your day one. You don't have to find anybody else to be depended upon. You don't have to find another individual to be the person on which you lean. God says, I am in your beginning. And if I'm in your beginning, the possibilities are endless. If I'm in your beginning, anything can happen. Lift your hands.